The Versecast is part of the Heroes Tavern community. Join us at HeroesTavern.com. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to the Versecast, the Star Citizen podcast. My name is John Abraham. And you know what? Caleb couldn't be with us tonight. And you know why I think that is? Why is that? Because I think he fell into a wormhole. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to episode 15 of the Versecast. Today is the 26th of January 2015 and how you doing John I'm doing good how are you I'm doing really good actually just back from vacation um, mrs. Gleep and I uh, took uh, one of our trips to the desert to go wander around and uh, hopefully get abducted and uh, we failed in that again but uh, while we were there uh, we were down near uh, Palm Springs in Southern California and when we were there we went to the Palm Springs Air Museum, and so I just want to give a big shout out to that place if you're at all an aviation fan, and I've sort of become one just, you know, from uh, dreaming about spaceships and things that, uh, that, that lift off the ground, and uh, it's well worth a visit if you're anywhere near there. Uh, they have just a whole bunch of old World War II, uh, Korean War, and Vietnam era uh, uh airships uh airplanes and uh wow and they're in amazing condition my understanding is is that most of them uh, are still flyable um so I'll, I'll put a um uh a link to the uh, their website in the show notes so if you're at all interested do check it out and uh, if you're ever in the area i highly encourage uh going and visiting it wasn't very much it was like 10 bucks i think or something like that but it was my wife had to drag me out of there. It was so cool. So, oh, and they have they have flight simulators there too. So, ooh, uh, yeah. I mean, what more could you ask for? Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, but um, Star Citizen. Uh, before we get started, though, um, uh, we want to uh, give a big shout out again to Ronald Jenkins for allowing us to use his music uh, in the show. Uh, the current intro and outro tracks are from his song 103 degrees off his latest album alphanumeric do check it out at ronaldjenkies.com and uh, let us know too what you think uh, about the new music um, uh, we like it we hope you guys do too uh, you can uh, email us at, at uh, versecast at gmail.com isn't that right that is correct oh man check out the oh, memory wait, no, on me that's not <laughs> it's it's the versecast at oh, gmail.com man you know I... when we were picking a name I specifically mm-hmm. tried to settle on something, or we did, on something that was open, like, on all the platforms. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I checked Twitter, I checked YouTube, you know, just in case we were to, you know, use the name on any of these sites. Um, but the one that I didn't check, like, we even got the uh, we got the domain, but the one that I didn't check was the Gmail. Uh, and somebody out there has versecast at gmail.com. Man, man, I wonder how much they want for it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, because you know they're trolling us. You know that they uh, they uh, 
the, well, the, obviously they have time travel perfected, and they knew <laughs> how valuable that was going to become. So exactly, we'll get that worked out. Yeah. Um, and speaking of those guys with ships, uh, we've got some new members since last time. Uh, we are now eighteen members strong, John. Whew. Yeah, it's it's crazy. We're loving it. So we want to uh, welcome this week uh, to the to the group uh, Jimmy, which I think is just a great name. It's like, how did you get that? You know? Yeah, seriously, <laughs> Jimmy, uh, R A Z E Y nine. I'm not sure how you pronounce that. It's all in caps though, so I'm I'm just going to uh, treat it as such. Uh, Hem Van Lock, which is also it sounds like a, a vampire killer or something. <laughs> um, and uh, today we uh, we our latest edition. Uh, uh, comes to us in the form of Ace Azamine. So uh, welcome all you guys uh, and gals uh, to uh, the group, and we do look forward to playing with you. And, uh, you know, I think that's going to happen sooner than later, John, because uh, the new version of Arena Commander seems like it's more friendly towards uh, getting your private matches running and stuff like that. So um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm confident we're going to be able to start doing some more group stuff very soon. For sure, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, um, out on the uh, the Heroes Tavern, we also uh, want to welcome uh, to the group uh, Zygen. He posted a nice introduction about himself. Um, in game, he is Alden Winter, who joined uh, our organization a few weeks back. But uh, do add him to the contacts to your contacts in game. And uh, welcome to the community, Alden. It's good to have you on board. And then uh, finally on Heroes Tavern, uh, we want to send a Get Better Soon shout out to Yellow Stag, who's uh, uh, posted a, a couple of times out there with some interesting stuff. He Most recently, he posted a picture uh, on of himself uh, in the form of an x-ray, and uh, what he says is that he broke his clavicle while snowboarding, and that it was a, a compound fracture, which I, I think means that the bone came sticking out. Yeah, out of the skin. Yeah. <laughs> Oh no! You know so, I've had I've broken both of my wrists at the same time, mm. but I didn't have a compound fracture. I feel like that is just like the worst thing. Ah oh, man, that's 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 brutal. Um, you know I I do have a, a ship with a med bay, um, so you know if you happen to be <laughs> around my hangar, you know pop on in and I'll zap you with whatever it is that makes people better. But. Uh, uh, absent that, we hope you get better soon, and we look forward to you getting back into full gaming shape. So, um, take care of yourself there, uh, Mr. Stag. Um, and then, last, we want to we want to talk about uh, uh, the Twitter love. Uh, there's more Twitter love. Uh, we want to thank Jimmy Stellar Active, which I think is a is a really cool name. This is a different Jimmy. It's a different Jimmy. Yes, Jimmy with an I. Um, he's uh, he's uh, given us uh, uh, some shout outs quite a, uh, quite a few times and so uh, we, we do appreciate it thank you Jimmy with an I and also Chris Wilson uh, favorited a couple of tweets we put out there so um, thank you um, all of you for uh, for helping us spread the word now um, following up from last time episode 14 which was that uh, marathon episode we split across the two weeks there um, I did say that I was going to put into the 10 for the producers thread a question about when anti-aliasing is going to be included. And uh, after, since returning from vacation, uh, there hasn't been a uh, 10 for the producers thread yet. But I'm continuing to watch that and I will pop that in there when it comes up. Uh, I, I thought about there is a 10 for the chairman thread, but I, I thought that that probably was a better 
better to, to point that question at the producers rather than uh, than Chris. Less likely yeah. that that would get selected uh, for his show. Um, and we were also uh, trying to uh, remember what year it was that the Mustang commercials were set in. And I, I did a little research there, and there was no year given. Uh, but I'm thinking, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking what we were remembering was the Aurora commercial, which did have a year, and uh, that was posted um, our in in our space, October of 2013. And at that time, it said that it was 29:44. So I'm wondering, maybe does that make this now 29:46? So anyway, we we've got the uh, we've got 29:45. Um, yes, yes, that's right. Because it would have been the 20, 29:44 model year. Yeah, in October. Yeah, because because the 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 last digit of our current year in real life is the same in game. Oh, okay, okay. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. So it's a little easier to remember, I guess. Okay, so, so I think I think that's what I said, wasn't it? No, I think I said twenty nine fifteen. I thought we were up in the three thousand somewhere, but uh, anyway, we, um, uh, we we we've got it nailed down, and so the world can continue. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we also, I think, we were speculating as to whether or not we thought we were going to hit a hundred million uh, this year in crowdfunding and uh, I think I, I remember th- uh, predicting that that was going to happen just sort of given the the current rate of uh, of uh, revenue coming in and also uh, the uh, proximity to launch of more stuff and I'm just really happy to report that Chris Roberts at the BAFTA presentation agreed with me and said yes we will hit 100 million this year so um, I think that that makes it official 100 million go ahead and start writing checks now <laughs> um so. on the topic of that <laughs> yes um there was a post on IGN about Star Citizen a couple weeks ago I meant to actually mention this last show but I forgot um I forget what the post was about I think it was probably that we were about to hit 70 million um Oh, and there right. were there were some comments in there, and always on these general gaming sites such as IGN, there are these people that are like, "Why are they getting so much money? It's ridiculous! Like, why do they still have crowdfunding?" And um, so I took a couple screenshots of some interesting comments. Okay. So here's here's the first one. Uh, people will fund this but ask them to actually fund space travel and colonization and the wallets close. Mm. Well, you know, that's, that's, that's interesting because, you know, then we're, we're kind of moving from, uh, from entertainment to, you know, the real world. Although I guess you could really make a strong argument that NASA and, you know, stuff scientific is entertaining for a lot of people and that 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 does consume, you know, like people that go to real world air museums, you know, and spend some money. That's, you know, that's uh, that's entertaining, but it's also real world stuff. So that, you know, that's interesting. I mean, I think, you know, my my initial uh, thought on that would be it's 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 apples and oranges, although they're both they're both still fruit. Yeah. (laughs) So, So how's that? Yeah. Um, 
The second one was, I'm starting to think they're scamming people now. And the reply is, a backer and someone who has, no, as a backer and someone who has been able to play the game and has seen the actual improvements the game makes on a weekly basis, I can tell you that you are wrong. And then the reply from the first guy is, how can I be wrong of something I'm not sure about? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. He, he has he has a, an internet account, therefore he's entitled to an opinion. <laughs> yeah, the logic is strong in this one. Yes. Oh, boy. Yes, the force moves strong in this one, yes. <laughs> oh, cool. Well, you know, it's interesting you bring that stuff up because uh, at the BAFTA presentation, which I, I know you looked it up last time and it has something to do with British uh, arts film, something that starts with T, something that starts with A. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I did, I did watch the, the stream live uh, from, uh, from my couch on vacation. And uh, uh, there I will post a link to the entire presentation uh, courtesy of a YouTuber named Arnie Poles. Um, and it, I, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I, I thought that, uh, well, I guess I should ask John, did you get a chance to watch any of it or was it something? I watched a little bit of it. Oh, okay. Um, and the way it, it, it played out is it was more about Chris than it was, I think, about Star Citizen. It was about him as... Um, a creative person and uh, talking about his career and uh, how he's, uh, you know, learned from his experiences and how he uses that learning to uh, tailor his future uh, projects. And so he gave a really good outline of his life and his career. And it was, it was a very, very impressive resume. And um, after that portion of it was over, you know, I, I made a mental note that you know, I think it's really, really good to have somebody like this in charge of uh, this project. And I know we've talked before about, you know, what would happen if something was to happen to Chris. And obviously, you know, knock on wood, we don't want anything like that to happen. Uh, but I think that a benefit you get from having uh, such a singular focus uh, or having such, you know, a, a one guy running the whole show is that you get to tailor it to that one vision. And so it's going to be very concise and it's going to be very clear. Um, and so he did it anyway. He did a good job of selling me on if you're going to have a guy like that, he's the guy to have in that position. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, and if you're at all interested in like, you know, successful people and their stories and what have you, uh, definitely um, I would encourage you to check it out. I mean, it's not, it's not, um, uh, you know, real exciting, but uh, I found it very informative. And one one uh, thing from his past that I thought was interesting is that uh, when he did his first video game, I believe he was still living in London, and I believe it would have been about the same time that David Braben was doing, and his uh, partner were doing the original Elite Dangerous, but they were developing it for the same uh, computer, which was the BBC Micro. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting that these two guys or these two groups were that long ago in the in the mid '80s working on these space games that we still remember today. And uh, you know, here we are, how many years later, and uh, they're competing again. You know, not competing directly, but they're both uh, putting out new products into the market. And uh, so I think you could probably make a strong argument that they are revitalizing. Uh, the space game for uh, video games. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. So, um, uh, but 
and and he highlighted in that presentation, you know, at, in the second part where he started talking about the making of Star Citizen, Star Citizen, and how he was going about, or his plan or his vision for going about doing that. He highlighted he has two philosophies in general that he follows, and the first one being ambition. Um, and a quote from the presentation I have here is, I've always pushed the technology envelope and now we have the technology available to make players feel like they are truly immersed into the world. And so I think that that's, that that is, um, you know, it, it sounds like, uh, you know, just like, yeah, well, what? But I think that, that it's, it's no small point that he is, that his, one of his main goals is to leverage cutting-edge technology to ratchet up the immersion uh, to a level that is going to be, I think, different than kind of anything that we've uh, we've seen before. And um, just kind of as an example of that, on the Star Signal podcast, which came out this morning, I think it was episode 29, uh, they had James Pugh, the, one of the community managers, as their guest, and he was talking about uh, inclusion of voice comms in the game, and uh, one of the hosts said, "Well, you know, why why would you include that, or why why would that be an interest for Chris to include that um, when you know everybody uses Teamspeak or everybody uses Mumble or what what whatever you know exterior third party software solution for that?" And he said, "Because the way they're going to set it up is that." it's going to be proximity driven. So if you're in a crowded public place, you're going to hear all the conversations, but like if the person's on the other side of the street, you might be aware that somebody's having a conversation over there. You're not gonna be able to hear it very closely, but the person that's standing next to you, you're gonna hear them very clearly. You know, Or, and if you're, I'm assuming you're listening in surround, if you're on a ship, if one of your teammates is in the rear of the ship and yells up at you, hey, um, you know, we're all out of rockets. Can we stop at the 7-Eleven? Um, you're going to hear <laughs> you're going to hear that voice coming up from behind you. So, yeah, that's the immersion. I think that he is really, you know, that is a part of his vision. And, uh, you know, just given the, the way that he described his love of movies and what have you as a child and how he really uh, prefers experiences where you come away feeling like you were a part of it, you know, like you were taken away, and how you know that sort of escapist kind of uh, aspect of it. I think that it's uh, a very um, a very cool thing, you know, that uh, that he's um, he's in charge and that he's taking undertaking it in the way that he is. Yeah. And then the second philosophy, um, of course, we've talked about before, which is the community-driven approach. And what he said about that is that we wish to develop this experience hand-in-hand with the community who wants to play our game and not have decisions forced upon us by an emotionally disinterested publisher. And like you know, we mentioned that before. It's like if they had been forced to put something out, um, you know, we, we probably would have gotten Arena Commander sooner and, you know, it would have fewer features, there'd be fewer ships, and we wouldn't be looking at uh, the stuff that we're expecting to come out this year. Instead, we would be looking for Star Citizen 2.0, which we would have to buy as an expansion pack or something, So, yeah, if it ever got made. So um, I, I think that that was... Um, I, I'm glad that I watched the, the thing. I mean, it was a very, um, a very um, uh, informative uh, uh, bit of information. 
if, if information can be informative, I suppose it is, kind of by, <laughs> by, by definition. Um, and there was a roadmap update also in, in the presentation, and I don't know how this compares to the one that was presented at CitizenCon. I didn't go back and look at it, but uh, real quick, uh, what it said was that spring of this year, we're going to get the beta release of the uh, FPS module and also the planet side social beta. Uh, in the summer of this year, we're going to get Arena Commander 2.0 with multi-cruise ships. Yay! Um, in the fall of this year, we will get the first episode of Squadron 42. And that at the end of this year, uh, we're going to get the Persistent Universe Alpha for um, all the backers. So, And then he said next year, we're going to have the commercial launch of the, of the, of the full thing. So um, I think it's a, a, a really... It's a, a really... And I... Again, uh, uh, referencing the uh, Star Signal episode from uh, this morning, James Pugh's, uh, one of his comments was, I think people are going to be very surprised by how much new stuff uh, we put out this year. I think that uh, the pace is going to, is going to increase and uh, people are going to be, um, uh, be very happy. So, Yeah, I have a feeling that these, I mean, obviously they're super rough dates. They're just seasons, but... Um I feel like they're going to hit these goals and I feel like this year is going to be the most exciting in all, like the entire development of Star Citizen. Yeah. Yeah, it's I that's what it feels like it's ramping up to and I think that they, you know, CIG as a company has has missed enough deadlines, you know, when they were you know, calling specific, we're going to have it three weeks from Friday. Um, yeah. They've missed enough deadlines that they're not doing that anymore. And so I feel more confident that, you know, like you said, though, these are pretty broad targets. I feel pretty confident that they're going to hit them. And, you know, we, we had talked, you know, a couple months back about, hey, the PU might not be here until 20, you know, some people are calling for 2017, some even 2018. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if we're going to get uh, the alpha of it by the end of this year, I mean, I think that's um, that's pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. And then what promise one last thing about BAFTA uh, during there was a Q&A session afterwards. And one of the, the people that in the audience that stood up uh, asked about support for Oculus. And what Chris said is that there's going to be an update coming soon for I think it's the current development kit, uh, which is SDK2, I believe. And that, and a comment he made I thought was very interesting or sort of um, uh, provocative, uh, that he thought that the Oculus is a perfect addition to the uh, space flight experience. He said it doesn't work so well for FPS play. He said that he, he felt like it's a bit disorienting. So I'm wondering how this is, I, I want John, you being our, our resident FPS uh, expert, I wanted to see uh, what you thought about uh, uh, the possibility that uh, Oculus won't be useful in that environment or usable in that environment. And uh, just kind of in general, if you have any thoughts about uh, VR and FPS uh, play uh, going forward. Well, I think what he means by that is the current iteration of Oculus. Okay. Um, I think the Oculus has a long way to go before it's something that you want to use for hours on end mm -hmm. um, for anything. And I think that's why it's taking them so long and so many iterations to get it out to the public. Okay. Um, so I'm hoping that the Oculus team, by the time they're ready to release a uh, – a public unit, a 
what would you call it? The a, commercial uh, release. The commercial release, yeah. Um, that they're going to have that latency down. That uh, I, I, It's really what I've heard is the latency that makes people kind of dizzy. Mm-hmm. Um, so if they can fix that stuff, I feel like it would be great for FPS because really it's only the Oculus seems to only make sense in first person scenarios mm-hmm. and obviously first person shooters is the most popular genre of anything first person right and that's what i would like to use it in i think that sounds awesome like i think um they've implemented it in uh s- most of the source games so like tf2 mm-hmm. uh, if you use an oculus with tf2 you can look around with your head but your gun will stay pointing where your mouse is. Okay. So you and you like, what I should say is your torso, which includes your gun. Um, so you can be running in one direction, but looking behind you. Ooh, like um, that. Yeah. So if they can Im- implement that in like every first-person shooter that supports Oculus, uh-huh. I think that'd be awesome. Because there are a lot of instances where I would like to be doing that in a first-person shooter, but it's just impossible without this technology. Um, So, yeah, we just have to, I think, we have to wait to see what Oculus is going to pull out of the bag. Um, If they can't get that latency down and, you know, get rid of the disorienting factor, Mm -hmm. um, maybe Chris is right. We won't want to use it for FPS. Um, I... I don't know if I can't use it for everything. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'll use it at all because I don't want to put on these goggles when I'm in my ship and then you know take them off when I have to start shooting people right. um, on foot. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't really make sense to me. Uh, well, I, I was wondering maybe if if like you were saying about TF2, then maybe it would make sense to wear it while you're doing the FPS module, assuming that you're. You know, you're not going to be flying, but you're just going to be um, uh, mostly, you know, doing like tactical shooter stuff. Um, and then, because it seems like it would be invaluable information to have um, to be able to, you know, just look, quickly look over your shoulder to see what's, you know, if yeah. anything's coming up behind you. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I just thought that's what, because uh, we I hadn't heard anything official uh, for a while about Oculus. Um Apart from yeah, we like it and we're going to support it. Um, so, I thought when this guy asked the question that it was uh, kind of um, kind of interesting. So yeah, I'm I'm really on the fence with Oculus because right now, if Oculus wasn't a factor and something that I was looking forward to, mm-hmm. um, I would go buy I would go buy a um, Track IR like right now. Okay. Um, because I feel like track IR plus a HOTAS setup is like perfect um, for really any uh, flight simulator. Yeah. yeah. Um, but again, the Oculus, nobody knows if it's going to be the thing. Like if they can't fix these issues, then I'm not going to buy one. And yeah. I just I don't know. There's no way to know if they're going to be able to fix them when it's going to come out. So I'm just like, I'm on the fence. Should I get, should I wait for the Oculus? Should I get the track IR? You know, it's, it's, we're between a rock and a hard place right now. Yeah. It seems like we're kind of at a, at a, a junction, you know, and it's like, 
but do you want to wait a little bit longer? I, I think as far as flight sims go, that all the reports that I've heard um, or read about from Elite Dangerous uh, is that it's amazing. That it's it's and there there is a, a game where you know to this point you can't get out of your ship. So yeah, um, there is no there's there's no play other than being in your ship. So uh, and people just rave about it and say it's it it totally expands the game. You know, opens it up and makes it just an, an uh, a exponent, exponentially uh, more awesome experience. So yeah, everything I hear about uh, people that have used the Oculus for any game mm-hmm. is that it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but they always have the caveat that they don't see themselves using it for more than like 20 minutes at a time, mm. which is, you know, completely unacceptable. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. I, there was, uh, and I don't have it um, here, but a friend uh, last week sent me a link to a video featuring a bunch of teenagers playing, uh, being demoed an Oculus game. It was like a, a, a jump scare game. And uh, the idea being that, you know, it was funny to watch them having this experience because, you know, like they freak out or they, you know. But um, I will find the link for that and pass it along. I'll probably tweet it out. Uh, But the thing that I remember about it um, relative to what you were saying is that several of the people complained, oh, my God, I feel like I'm getting sick. You know, Mm -hmm. it was the girls did. You know, the the guys, you know, of course, wouldn't say that (laughs) because they're they're too macho. But (laughs) right. uh, so anyway, yeah, it's 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 interesting stuff, you know, and uh, definitely keeping it on the radar, you know, it's because it's I think going to be uh, going to be a decision we're going to have to make, uh, yay or nay, at some point. Yep, for sure. I'm, I'm hoping it's yay. <laughs> Me too. I mean, <laughs> I've I've wanted something like the Oculus forever, so I hope it's good when it comes out. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, also, uh, after BAFTA, we had PAX South, which happened uh, this last Friday, I believe, was the actual uh, uh, town hall. In, it was there in San Antonio with the, uh, the folks uh, from uh, the Austin uh, office. Uh, you know, Tony Zerbeck and, and those folks are the ones, I believe, that are in charge of the uh, Persistent Universe design. So, uh, and but... Due to technical difficulties, and they they knew this ahead of time, and they announced it. They did not stream it live, and um, as of uh, the, uh, just before we recorded here, it still has not been posted on the um, RSI website. Um, but there were uh, some folks that were there that uh, posted information. I heard uh, on uh, Tales of Citizens, which also got. Uh, Released today that uh, some a couple people on Reddit uh, posted some very detailed information as it was happening. Uh, if not, I had a chance to go for that. I'm going to wait uh, or go through that. I'm going to wait for the official release and then I will watch the whole thing to uh, to get uh, more conclusive thoughts about it. But initially, what I did find and which I think is just the, the awesomest thing ever was uh, a couple of videos from a, a website called Gamers Nexus. Have you heard of uh, this site before, John? No. Mm. Uh, it's run by a guy named Steve Burke, and he has a couple of videos he posted. Uh, one was a short interview with Chris uh, where he just you know asked him, you know, uh, hi, you're Chris, right? And Chris said, yeah. And he goes, yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I take it. No, he did it. He, he asked about, you know, the presentation and what Chris is excited about, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but then they showed some footage of uh, 
wormholes and uh, you know the because I guess they they did a short demo of the jump point mechanic of the and it was unclear and this god this just makes me crazy it was unclear whether it was the mapping mechanic or whether it was the um, uh, the jump mechanic after it's been mapped you know once mm-hmm. you know it's been mapped and so you just you know pop it into your navigation computer and and go through it but it's um in third person ship perspective and it's a gladiator i believe that's going through there and it's it's, it's just more of a second person is it second person isn't it third person when you when you're looking well, from outside the ship uh well it's like somebody's looking at the ship from the front so i might call that second person mm um, well, there's, there's, whichever perspective it is, it's not from inside the cockpit. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, it, but it's just, it's amazing looking. It's, you know, I, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to knock Elite Dangerous, but, you know, the, their jump mechanic is very, uh, very visually uh, impressive. This, I, in my humble opinion, just really blows it away it's yeah it's as chris has described it in the past where you're surfing you're like inside a wave you're surfing a wave except it's time and space you know and there's whoa. like strobe lights going off and stuff oh yeah and it, it's <laughs> like it's you know there's like okay it looks sort of slimy you know yeah looks, you know it looks like my sinuses feel a lot of the time <laughs> and it's just it it's just epic looking so did you um, see uh, Star Trek Into Darkness? Yes, yes. The part where they're in the warp stream and the the bigger ship like breaks into the stream and starts shooting at them. Yes, man. I was in the theater when I saw that, and that like blew my mind. Like that, the 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 effects and just how they did that was so intense. Yeah, yeah. That and though it was sort of it was funny because Kirk is like you know well hey we're in warp they can't catch us now yeah. And, and uh, what's what's his name's daughter's like? Um, yeah, yeah, they can. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. My dear old dear old dad. Uh, he's uh, he's got a few tricks. Yeah. yeah, that was that was pretty epic. Um, and it's interesting because later on uh, in uh, Ten for the Chairman episode fifty, there was a question from a subscriber where they asked. Hey, is it is uh, is the jump mechanic visually? What's it going to look like? Is it going to look like Star Wars or Star Trek, where you have you know this more you know it's just you're you're going and then all of a sudden stars are coming at you real fast, or is it going to be something different? And uh, what Chris said was, yeah, it's going to be this sort of like surfing time and space thing, but uh, which sounds really cool, but when you actually see a visual representation of what he's describing, it's just it's just mind blowing. So yeah, and I have the impression that what we're seeing in this video is um, the mapping. That's what um, you think, huh? Yeah, because I get the feeling that actual doing a jump after it's been mapped mm-hmm. is just going to be like an automatic thing. Well, you know, it's interesting because also, um, uh, and I'll go back to the guys at Star Signal. Um, you know, they were talking about something similar to this with James, and uh, they were. So it was in the context of um, skill based versus leveling. You know, as far as you know, progression within the the game universe. Mm-hmm. And what James said was that they really, uh, you know, were making an effort to uh, require jump travel 
uh, to be skill-based to some extent. Like the first time through, it's going to be very skill-based. But then the way that he was describing it, I think it's not going to be, you know, just pull up to the gate, punch the button, and then, you know, go make a, a, a cup of coffee. I mean, I think it, it is going to be um, interactive, Mm-hmm. You know, whereas in Elite Dangerous, it isn't. You know, you you make the jump, and you have to be paying attention because you come out of jump fairly quickly. Um, and if you're, and usually you come out of jump pointed right at a star. So if you're not paying attention, you you know you'll burn up. But yeah. um, uh, it's not the actual jump mechanic itself doesn't require any interaction beyond uh, you know finding a place where you can actually make the jump, like not being a gravity well of some sort. But so, um, um, a couple of the things that, uh, that Chris did tell uh, Steve Burke uh, that uh, I thought were interesting was that they were going to be doing a proper event, uh, and it was in the context of this demonstration of the, of the jump point mechanic, um, at South by Southwest, which is scheduled for March 15th. So, I think this was just a teaser. Um, and uh, then also um, the thing that, you know, sort of tying back to the BAFTA. You can't tell that I like the BAFTA event, can you? Um, <laughs> Chris said that there is nothing in the current development plan that they don't know how to do, which I thought was just, you know, like, I was like, wow, that <laughs> that's pretty bold. Yeah. Um, he said it's now at this point, it's only a matter of executing the plan. So that's not going to say they're not going to run into technical bugs or what have you, but they have, you know, and I haven't uh, been involved with software design for a lot of years, so I don't know how the the design process works anymore. But um, uh, it sounds like they have everything flowed out the way they're going to do it. So now it's just a matter of executing that plan. And uh, of course, there are going to be there's going to be debugging that has to happen along the way, but it's not going to be something like where they're going to have to say, "Huh, how the how the heck are we going to accomplish this?" You yeah, know? But, well, that's good to hear, especially in the context of the procedural generation, mm-hmm. because when they put that up as a stretch goal, they kind of worded it like, "We'll probably work on this, and we might implement it, but we also might not if we can't." figure it out yeah um so uh if they're saying that then they probably like know exactly what they're doing yeah i i think so you know and and i like i said also you know like we i was saying a little bit ago i mean they've they've missed enough deadlines and had to sort of backpedal on a couple of things you know nothing major but minor stuff a couple of times that i think that they're very careful about what they say which i think makes a bold statement like this um, that much more powerful, you know. It's like yeah. he's got he's got, he's got the credibility, and he's saying we know how to do everything we're planning to do. Uh-huh. So, you know, yay! Yeah, I'm just <laughs> I get a little worried when somebody says procedural generation and they don't implement it because I really like procedural generation. Mm-hmm. Like one of my favorite games is Minecraft, and I've been playing it for years, and I'm still not tired of it. Because it's completely procedurally generated. Right. And I would like to see a game do that again, but Mm -hmm. do it better. Because Minecraft does it well, but there's not that much diversity in Minecraft's worlds. And I feel like if anybody could do it, then it's Chris Roberts with Star Citizen. It's like, dude, what would you do if, like, the next announcement from Chris Roberts was, we've hired Notch? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think they can afford him. 
That's a good point. That's an excellent. Costs point. like one billion dollars per month. I, I'm guessing. Yeah. He's a, <laughs> Maybe they can bribe him with candy, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He has a sweet tooth. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Well, um, so anyway, uh, I definitely want to thank uh, Steve Burke for for lending us his content, although he didn't explicitly do that. but anyway, I putting links to his uh, his stuff in the in the show notes, so please do go check it out. Um, and so we have the two videos. We have the one where the conversation with Chris, and then another one where they uh, show uh, more of the wormhole stuff, and then also um, Arc Corp uh, footage, which uh, Arc Corp is a place. Um, it's on a planet. And uh, John, if you if you open the link there where it says Gamers Nexus Recap. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can see there's uh, the Arc Corp planet, and it's I think a, a demonstration that they gave of what a landing area is going to look like. And uh, you know you'll go to this planet and you'll open you'll you know choose the landing area and you will go there. And then once you are there, you will be able to uh, interact with people. Um, and uh, they have a a photograph here of a a store that you can go into, and I believe it's called um, oh, what's the name of the store? It's called Cubby Blast, and I don't know, <laughs> I don't understand what that means, but it's a uh, weapons and armaments shop which also sells um, uh, clothing, apparently. But if you if you click on that picture there where you see the mannequin, um, I wanted to point out that you can you're going to be able to purchase some some pretty cool stuff, including uh, a fancy haircut, um, a military shirt, and some Bernstein work gloves. I'm not sure what a Bernstein work glove is, but um, I'm guessing it it doesn't have anything to do with Bernstein bears, um, <laughs> unless unless they've really branched out. Um, so. Um, uh, anyway, I'm including a, a link to to their their breakdown, and it's got a bunch of uh, stuff about um, um, the uh, PAX event, and also actually it has both of the videos that I've also linked uh, uh, in that page. So it's sort of your one stop shop for all the cool stuff that uh, um, uh, came out of uh, PAX South from uh, Mr. Burke's perspective. So it's very cool. Um, oh, and the, the one last thing from that um, that site, there is a graphic there which shows uh, an elevator interface. And I think last time we were discussing uh, something that Tony Zerbeck had said in the year-end video where he talked, or the year-end sort of wrap-up uh, with uh, the Austin facility, and had talked about being able to travel to cities from your hangar and... You know, we were sort of wondering, hey, how's that going to work? You know, is, is this going to be, um, you know, some sort of hokey fast travel thing, you know, that's going to be immersion breaking? And we, I, I don't think we, we still don't have the answer to that, how they're going to implement it. We know that it's important to Chris that it not be immersion breaking. Um, but you can see, if you blow the graphic up, you can see that it is um, one of the options on this elevator interface is Area 18, which is on that Arc Corp planet. So it seems that you will be able to go from your hangar directly to this Area 18. Now I don't know in the long run if that depends upon where your hangar is relative uh, 
to uh, nearby systems or, or landing areas. Um, I hope it does. I, I mean, I hope that this has to mean that you're somewhere near there. Um, otherwise, it will be. But it, it does look like there's going to be basically, you know, jump in the elevator, press send, take me to town, and it takes you to town. Mm-hmm. So that uh, that was um, uh, something I thought that that uh, sort of fell in line with what we were discussing, but didn't really answer the question. So, um, next scheduled event. I mean, I love these scheduled events because we get lots of stuff. And like I said, um, as soon as the uh, official uh, uh, stream or video from the uh, uh, from the Pew um, um, Town Hall comes out, I will uh, I will go through it and we'll discuss it next time. But anyway, the next uh, uh, scheduled CIG event is going to be on February fourth, and it's going to be uh, Chris doing a presentation at Dice in Las Vegas. Do you know what the Dice? Uh, thing is, John? Um, I mean, I've heard of it. It's it's just another game show. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, it's a general uh, gaming show, kind of, I guess, like a smaller version of E3, I guess. Oh, okay, okay. I wasn't sure, because I, I remember back in the day, as we say, uh, Dice used to be an um, employment website where, like, if you, were in, if you were in tech, you would post your resume to Dice, and then people that were looking to hire tech people would go to Dice looking for if they needed programmers or system analysts or whatever. Oh, well, Dice is also the developer behind, like, Battlefield. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. So... All right, then it's probably it probably has nothing to do with the employment like monster. You know monster dot com. Yeah, yeah. It, it was kind of like it was like monster, except it was for tech tech. Uh, oh, okay. Professionals. So. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm almost positive. Dice is just gaming. Okay, cool. Well, anyway, uh, hopefully, um, because that comes between uh, now and uh, South. Pardon me, South by Southwest. When Chris said they were going to do a more detailed presentation of the jump mechanics, so. Um, we'll, we will keep our ears tuned. Well, that's interesting that he, he teases it here at PAX, um, and he's not going to say anything more about it until South by Southwest, but they're going to be at DICE. Yeah. So, well, he what going to be... His exact words, I think, were a more proper presentation, you know, so okay. I don't know what that means. I mean, I... Maybe they'll leak some more stuff between now and then. But, uh, you know, in addition to making really cool games, they also are really good at, um, at uh, keeping us interested. So, <laughs> yeah, um, I'm, I'm sure uh, I'm sure he didn't uh, he didn't say what he said without uh, considering it first. Yeah. So. All right. And um, also, um, uh, we have a sale going on a limited a, a pre vat limited uh, ship sale. So I guess in the. They and I heard something about this on uh, Guard Frequency a couple weeks back. They talked about uh, that something had happened where they were uh, that CIG is able through their UK-based offices to get some sort of um, uh, favorable business um, consideration. So I don't know if it's a tax break or or what it is, but. Um, they had to pass uh, some uh, criteria test where they established themselves eligible to do business in the UK and to take advantage of these benefits. And so they were successful in doing that. And I, and I'm, I think that as part of that, 
uh, they are now that they have this new status, they're going to have to start charging VAT taxes um, for uh, uh, folks that are buying uh, uh, assets or any, I think anything, any game-related materials or any materials at all um, that reside in a country, in a uh, Euro country or European country that um, uh, requires these VAT taxes. So anyway, long story short, we are prior to uh, that going into effect on February 1st, there are some ships on sale. And so, uh, John, I don't know if you've had a chance to take a look at these, but there are some, uh, there are some old favorites. Uh, there are, um, I don't think there's any, there's nothing new, but there are some cross-chassis upgrades. Which, yeah, the uh, Delta is back, the Mustang yeah, the, Delta. So I'm thinking about upgrading again since that is available. You know, I, I would highly encourage you to do so. I've been flying my my Delta in uh, Arena Commander, and it is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's broken right now, but <laughs> but but the ship itself is a lot of fun to fly, and uh, the visibility is 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 really really good. And um, uh, in uh, Nicole D'Angelo, in one of her, I think it was in her YouTube video where she reviewed the Aurora LX of all things. Uh, made the comment that they uh, are going to, in a future uh, iteration of Arena Commander, they're going to have it set so that you can configure uh, what sort sorts of fights you have. So you, you will be able to, uh, people in Mustangs will be able to battle people in other Mustangs, you know. So it's not, mm. they're, they're going to eliminate the problem where, you know, everybody loses to the Super Hornet, you know. Yeah. So um, I think that you know that being the case, um, it, it's it's a fun ship, and um, you know I think it, it would be um, a good ship to have uh, for uh, for playing with folks in Arena Commander. So. Yeah, and I I I need something for that because uh, obviously dogfighting is going to be a big part of the game, and as much as I, that's not my first priority, I still need to have something that can, that is competent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's also because there's dogfighting and there's dogfighting. You know, there's uh, you you don't have to do the PvP. You can also do the the co-op vandal swarm, which is mm-hmm. you know you know team PVE. Uh, then there's the capture the core stuff, and um, so it's you know there's there's a variety of stuff. And they I know they have said recently that there are going to be. It was in one of the reverse the verses. Uh, they said that there are going to be more maps and bigger maps coming with the implementation of double precision sixty four bits. So. Um, I double precision. I, we double precision. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would, yeah. So I don't think that you'll be sorry if you do. Yeah. So, so. Um, is your is the like the model for your Mustang like messed up? Because when I just look at mine anywhere, but obviously it's easiest to look at it in the hangar. Right. Um, it looks like the, the glass part of the cockpit is like doubled. And then, like, it's, like, sitting on the ground under it. Hmm. Have you seen that? No, I have not. Yeah, post a, a picture of that. That that sounds strange. Okay, yeah, it's it's really weird. And it happens when I go into a game also. And then I even landed on the little platform uh-huh. in, uh, what's the Dying Star? Right. Um. So I could blow up my ship with the gun but uh <laughs> but it was on there too 
And yeah. at first I thought it was part of the ship, but then I noticed that the glass is like identical, like absolutely identical to the cockpit. And it's not, it's not right. I don't, I don't get why it's happening, but uh, I was just, I wondered if that was happening to you also. Not that I've noticed. Um, that's an interesting glitch. No, I, I know it looks, you know, the thing I noticed about um, uh, both my Mustangs is that um, the way that it looks like it should look from the inside is not the way that it actually looks when you're inside it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like from the outside, you look at the cockpit and you go, oh, okay, well, I'm going to, you know, that's not, my view is going to be okay, but it's not going to be great. But when you get inside, it's like it's, you know, it's like, hey, where, where did the whole hood of the car go? Yeah. <laughs> Which um, I think is good. I hope they don't change that. Uh, but it's, yeah. it's, um, it is kind of, you know, it's like uh, Doctor Who um, uh, TARDIS, you know. It's like yeah. you, go, you go inside and it's like, hey, this is not the same ship that I got into. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Is your elevator glitchy at all? Yeah, yeah. Some okay. you know, I I have not been using it very much. It's like for to go into Arena Commander, I've just been going in through the menu. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't uh, I haven't been because uh, it was hard a couple times getting in, and I got stuck and had to you know had to reboot you know or had to kill the client. So, um, so I assume that um, once you're in that cylinder, you're supposed to go like two separate ways. Like one way will take you to the cockpit, and the other way will take you to like where the bed is which one do you have the alpha or the beta now i have the beta right now mm, okay yeah that is correct that is correct okay yeah i've i've only been able to go to the cockpit so mine is kind of messed up oh that's too bad because the, the bed is actually pretty cool and it's got like there's like a little conversation pit back there <laughs> it's that's uh-huh. like a couple throw pillows you know and a lava yeah. lamp and you know it's, i don't it's understand like, how it fits it doesn't make any sense. Like it, honestly, the ship, like the actual body of the ship, looks mm-hmm. like it would only hold like someone half my size, like standing up. Yeah, I know. It's, it, it's, <laughs> it seems. I guess we don't really know how how tall we are in game. We could all be like you know gnomes or something. Well, I guess we do know. We do know. We're, we're actually. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, another I, glitch I have is when I get in my um, gray cat. Mm-hmm. Um, my arm, it, like, plays the animations correctly, but when I'm, like, ready to actually start driving, mm-hmm. my hand is completely bent backwards. Like, it's broken. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not right. Whoa. Well, I, had, I don't know if you remember, I posted something when I had the, my freelancer that uh, one time I was sitting in the cockpit, and it was like it sort of fused my wrists together and my, turned my hands into like flippers it was really Ugh. it was disturbing you know it was kind of, <laughs> it's kind of like yellow stag's compound fracture it was like I, you know, yeah. getting a little queasy there like <laughs> yeah no it's uh i mean these these are the joys of alpha john yeah yeah so um and uh you know i i did have at one point i did have all four um mustangs and uh that is not the case any longer um because following up on the uh the wormhole videos and a conversation i had last night with uh, um, a friend of ours valix um i i melted some stuff and uh, i've now got the car to all oh yeah, 
It's man, it's because I, you know, when I got rid of my Dur, that sort of that, I was kind of abandoning, you know, exploration at that point. Which is saying, you know, I'm just not going to. I'll do that in Elite Dangerous. I'm not going to do that in this game. Um, but uh, when I saw what it looks like to be surfing wormholes, um, and they the the cartoon all is is designed to be a um, a a scout slash exploration ship, and they say that it is the most, um, or it might not be the most, but that it's an extremely responsive uh, aircraft or spacecraft. Um, I just thought it, there's nothing more perfect for uh, for wormhole travel or uh, mapping wormholes or um, doing that sort of that sort of flying than this ship. So um, I picked one up this morning. Wow. Yeah. How does it look in the hangar? It's not hangar ready. It's still concept. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it'll be a, a while. But if you look at the, um, if you look at the, if you bring it up and look at the concept art on it, um, and I think unfortunately to get to that you have to go through the um, pledge portal um, to get that shot. But it's it's again it's another one of these ships like the Mustang where you look at the outside and you go, oh, huh. Well, the view inside is going to be pretty cool, except it's not going. You know, I'm going to have this big like thing in the middle right in front of my face. It's yeah. not it's not there. So yeah. it looks like the Mustang, like it you know similar to the Mustang in that it's going to have this you know just gorgeous view. Yeah, it must have some kind of like holographic display or something that overlaps that area. There you go. Let's go with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it looks like, um, based on the concept art from the ship page, um, it looks like it lands like on its belly, and then while you're flying, it kind of moves up. Well, it, it doesn't. Act, it doesn't have a. It doesn't have a main engine in the back. It just has thrusters. Yeah. So, and I think they turn. Yeah, they're articu- on articulated rigs, John. Uh huh. Yeah, it says so right here. Maneuvering wow. thrusters on articulated rigs. Wow. Incredible agility. So, uh, I mean, I can't think of a better ship to surf wormholes with. So, It anyway. looks pretty cool. I wonder what the explanation in the universe is going to be for manufacturing these. Are we going to be buying these from Xi'an? How do you say it? Um. Yeah, Jean. I think Jean. Okay. Um. Let's see. It's well. It says according to the description that it is that there's the Apoa, A O P O A. There's too many vowels here. That's a Hawaiian word. Um, <laughs> uh, that that corporation manufactures this export model for sale to human civilians as a dedicated scout slash explorer. So. Oh, so we are buying them from the. Z- However you say it, those guys, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, which is uh, you know, kind of getting back to the whole idea of LTI and uh, you know, when things go wrong, um, can you? It's, it looks like it. You know, if you need to get an, another one of these, you could be waiting a long time. Uh huh. You know, so if it gets jacked, you know, you could be uh, you could be uh, out of luck for a little bit. So. Yeah. So let's hope that doesn't happen. Yeah. So, um, so is there anything else in there that looks uh, looks exciting to you? I mean, I think the the uh, the 350R is back. Um, uh, the the one that I I also looked at and thought, wow, you know, that's um, that's a, a really cool ship. I don't have a need for it, but uh, the Freelancer Miss, the military variant of the of the Freelancer. Yeah. 
that would be a cool ship. And then, of course, you know, the Banu Merchantman is out, the Retaliator, the Drake Caterpillar, um, the Starfarer is back on sale. Um, I was sort of surprised the Starfarer is, um, is not as expensive as I thought it was going to be. Um, it's uh, only 195. Uh, Retaliator is 275. So, um, but uh, anyway, so that's uh, that. That sale goes through February 1st because that's when the VAT tax thing happens. So, um, um, if you're uh, if you're so inclined, uh, get it done before then. Cool. Um, oh, and um, John, have you been into your uh, hangar? Have you uh, seen your space globe? I haven't. Oh, I need to go check it out. Um, uh, there are space globes, um, and everybody got one. Um, uh, some folks, uh, because I'm a subscriber, I, I got two, I think. Uh, but I got the, uh, there's three that they have on the, the webpage there. The um, one is a reclaimer. Um, the other one, I think, is a Carrick, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And then the third one is the Drake Herald, which um, I bought in the concept sale way back when. And so, of course, um, the two globes I have are for the ships that I don't have. So, because <laughs> um, I, I, I want the Drake one. You know, it looks like a, although it sort of, you know, to be fair, it kind of looks like a, like a, a squash or something. It's, it's, it's sort of Simpsons yellow color, which is... <laughs> Is very seldom a good thing. How do you get um, that one? I don't. You know. They, well, they said that they're distributed randomly. Oh, and, okay. And then at some point, I think um, uh, folks, uh, subscribers, are going to get one later, another one later, or something. So um, it's just it, they're actually they're pretty cool. You get a chance, you know, pop into your hangar and take a look. Um, uh, you uh, you can go, you know, do the use button on it. And it will, uh, it lights up, you know, it's like a nightlight. So nice. Yeah, it is. Um, and then other stuff real quick. Um, we've got some new, uh, uh, buggy skins and some new weapons in the, uh, um, uh, VD store. And, uh, there's a new trailer that they, uh, actually they, I don't know if they premiered it at, at BAFTA, uh, but it was, uh, released right about that time. Um, it's a, just a commercial for Arena Commander 1.0, and uh, it's uh, got some pretty cool uh, rockin' tunes behind it, so you know, check that out. No dubstep, so all you folks that were put off by the, uh, the dubstep in the Imagine trailer, this one is safe. It's okay. <laughs> it's safe. Yeah, it's safe. There's no dubstep. It can't hurt you. Um, and then... Um, uh, there, uh, there's a uh, also a, uh, a notification about the persistent test universe, which we had discussed before, um, and uh, some clarification uh, that it's not going to be <laughs> the um, the playtest universe is not going to be persistent. Um, it's not going to be. They didn't launch it, and then you can just that's where you play. Uh, it's only going to be brought up as needed for for testing. So, um, and it's currently closed. So when um, you um, uh, uh, when they need to, when they're getting gearing up to do a, a release, I'm thinking they're going to they'll open it up again and people can go uh, try stuff. I was sort of hoping that it would be a place where we would get you know really really broken multi crew ships like sometime soon and be <laughs> be able to go play with that for a while. But it seems like it's it's only going to be stuff that's going to happen uh, right before uh, uh, release time. So, but uh, but cool anyway. 
Um, and then uh, as, as of, uh, it closed the last Friday, I guess it was, the 23rd. Um, if that was Friday. But anyway, on the 23rd, uh, there had been a week of uh, free test drives for the Mustang lineup. So um, did you have you got a chance to go out and, and fly the, um, uh, the Delta? The Beta. No, but the you, Delta during, during the test drive week. Oh, during the, the free week. No. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> well, um, it's it's not available anymore. So. Uh, well, it probably. Oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, you just got to get it, John. Pull that trigger. I know. Pull I'm that probably trigger. gonna get it. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, and so, have you been playing any of one point oh point one? Uh, I j- I jumped in that one time. Okay. To uh, to blow up my ship with the pistol. Okay. And that was fun. <laughs> I have a confession to make. I am too lazy to figure out the controls. Mm. Well, you All know, of the controls. See, this is why I like first-person shooters. Because mm-hmm. I can go in... And I can left click, and I can shoot my gun. And then I can right click, and then I can aim, yeah. so I can shoot more accurately. Right. So in games where I have to learn the controls, like it's, I'm off the charts how lazy I am. But <laughs> so I just need to sit down. I need to learn the controls. I need to set up my mappings. I don't have Hotas right now. Right. Okay. So I don't know if I want to commit to my setup right now. Yeah. Well, that's it's interesting, and there, there's I think a strong argument, uh, at least as of right now, to to um, uh, to say that you don't want to commit to it. Because I know uh, Valix and I were trying last night. Uh, we were able to get into the same private match, and so that you know we were taking that as a as a minor victory. Um, but since the update, the update came in and apparently overwrote all of his uh, uh, configurations, all of his mappings, his custom Aww. mappings. And so he wasn't able to, you know, really to play because, you know, like nothing did what it was supposed to do. Yeah. I think there was, I think there were some also some other uh, client issues too because I've crashed a couple of times since the, the last update and had mm. stuff not work. Um, so, uh, but anyway, um, I and we were chatting about this last night. It seems like an easy thing for them to do would be as part of the. Um, uh, patch process is the first thing to do is to take you know because I'm assuming that the uh, uh, custom configurations are stored in some flat file in a text file or an XML file or something yeah and that they could do is just save that off and apply the patch and then you know analyze the um, uh, the config file and say you know if, if this is still applicable relative to any changes that have been made to the client um, then just go ahead and pop it back in because I know for um, folks that do have a HOTAS, and I've heard on other podcasts and um, read also on the forums that uh, people have spent hours, you know, tweaking their XML and um, uh, ex- tweaking these XML files and making all of, mapping all of this stuff, especially like for the um, some of the I think it's the 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 Thrustmaster Warthog. I think is a particularly complex setup process for that, and then. They apply a patch and it all goes away, you know. So that, that that's that's like my worst nightmare. Yeah, yeah. So it's I've you know I was telling Valix last night. I just I use an Xbox controller. Um, you know maybe someday I'll have a Hotas, but 
I use the default configuration and you know I, you know the game console controller and uh, I'm not able to access all of the um, uh, the stuff you know intuitively but I'm able to do enough that I can play so. yeah this is one reason why I love Steam and that is because they sync all of your controls for games that support it they sync your controls to the cloud so no matter what computer you're on um, you sign in and then it just downloads what controls you had before yeah yeah so yeah hopefully they can get that fixed um but speaking of flight sticks mm -hmm. i was i'm wondering if anybody out there has the mad cats fly 5 Ooh. um it doesn't get the best reviews on amazon so i want to like figure out what people don't like about it um but it looks cool for one thing and for another thing it looks like it has like a ton of controls and it has like the um the throttle like on the stick itself so you don't have to have two parts which i'm kind of in favor of because i don't want to take up too much space on my desk uh -huh. um but yeah i think i'm gonna have to get a flight stick no matter what if i go with track ir or oculus i think i'm gonna need one of these so i want to get something that's fairly cheap at least to start out just to mm -hmm. get into it um so yeah, if anybody has that Mad Cats Fly Five, um, I'd like to I'd like to hear what you think about it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, they I know that they did um, they did say uh, they being CIG that uh, there will be an official Hotas. So I you know I'm I'm kind of gonna just stick with what I've got until it gets to that point because you would think that if there's going to be a Hotas that will work well with the game it's going to be the one that they make for the game you know yeah that's probably the one I would want to go with as well because yeah I mean yeah it'd be perfectly tailored to the game yeah so all right uh, but you know in the meantime John if you know if you have an old 360 controller lying around um, you might want to plug it in and give it a try it's um you know it it's um you can you can get a lot done with it yeah. You know, it's uh haven't figured out how to, you know, um you know, do all the well I guess I guess we we probably can't yet do all the stuff where we're uh programming, you know, computers to do stuff. Um so mm -hmm. but as far as like, you know, launching rockets and countermeasures and stuff like that, it'll do all that. Yeah. I guess yeah, I should I should definitely try that. I just <laughs> I got thinking about how cool it would be to have track IR and a flight stick because obviously the stick is you know controlling the ship and then the track ir is doing the actual aiming yeah. um separate from your movement yeah. uh that just sounds fantastic to me but i don't want to the the track ir 5 i think it is on amazon is like 150 bucks um so yeah i don't want to commit to that before um like i said earlier if the oculus is going to come soon or whatever yeah, yeah, it's um, we're still in alpha, man. It's it's okay. It's yeah, okay. It's, it's it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's so hard. I know. I know <laughs> it is. It is. And I'm not doing very well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, so like I said, next week uh, we'll have a more in-depth look at what happened at PAX. I'm sure there'll be some more uh, nuggets to be gleaned. So. Um, uh, as I mentioned before, there was a 10 for the chairman episode number 50. So halfway to a hundred on that. 
And um, we had some interesting questions. I, the one I mentioned earlier uh, was from Void Stalker, who asked about the artistic look and feel of moving through jump points. And like I, I think I said, well, actually, uh, it was sort of interesting. Chris sort of answered the question, but not really. He um, sort of took off on a tangent and said there's uh, going to be two types of, of fast travel, if you think of, of uh, getting from here to there. Uh, quickly. Uh, there's going to be the jump mechanic, which involves folding time and space, and then there's going to be quantum travel, which uh, he said, as he described it, means just going really fast, but only in a straight line. Um, he said that the, the, the jumping, of course, is going to require piloting skill the first time through, and then it's going to be easier on subsequent runs once it's been mapped. And uh, uh, something that's also interesting that was uh, that he said this time relative to a question from a couple weeks ago, uh, he said that mapping data was actually going to become stale and so there would be a need for remapping at some point because I think previously someone had asked would there be uh, would it be possible to go to a, an already mapped uh, wormhole and optimize it you know to, to give it another try and, and perhaps get a more efficient um, uh, route out of it. And so what he said uh, this time is that if the information can become stale, so you're going to have to um, uh, refresh it from time to time, and that also some jumps will may be so volatile that you can't map them at all. So um, um, I thought that that was sort of interesting and, and is going to um, allow everybody the opportunity to, um, to fall out of a wormhole in the middle of nowhere and have us come rescue them for a lot of money. So... <laughs> Um, and then quantum travel, the other one, uh, he said, basically what he said is all it requires is a big-ass motor and that nobody's in your way. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so um, we got that to look forward to. Um, Admiral asked if capital ships are going to be useful for anything other than combat. And what Chris said was, yeah, it's, it's pretty much your ship. You can do whatever you want with it. Um, uh, he cited the modularity, you know, that you're going to be able to, to customize stuff. Uh, he gave, it was funny, he gave an example of, he said, like, for instance, you may be able to um, use modularity to turn your uh, Idris into a mining vehicle. And then he said, oh, no, we're not saying we're going to have a mining variant of the Idris. We're just saying, you know, that that's, that's a possible possibility using modularity. Um, and he also said in that in, in answering that same question that the retaliator, which is also I, I think I mentioned a minute ago, is on sale now uh, during the um, the pre-vat sale, uh, is going to be the first multi-crew uh, ship, um, or it is the first multi-crew ship which is being prototyped for use in Arena Commander 2.0. So uh, we've got that to look forward to. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be cool. I think you know because someone had asked long ago, and I don't even remember how long ago. Were we going to be able to practice, essentially practice on uh, ships in Arena Commander? So, like, if we have a retaliator, will we be able to, or will there be a retaliator out there that we can practice boarding? You know, that sort of thing. Well, uh, the retaliator or, isn't even in the hangar yet. No, no, it's not. Wow. So, I wonder why that's the one they're testing with. Well, you know, that kind of begs the question, um, are all ships going to be hangarable, you know, or, you know, hangar ready? Or are there going to be some uh -huh. ships that, that you're going to have to get to through your magic elevator? Yeah. You know, I mean, will an Idris fit into your hangar? I don't know. I doubt it. Like a, a Carrick? I mean, Carricks are huge. I know, you know? yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, I know you've got a nice hangar, but I don't think you're going to be able to park your Orion inside of it. No. Well, maybe you will. I don't know. Maybe. Don't know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, 
I feel like um, it would have made more sense that the Freelancer would be the first multi-crew ship to for them to be testing. You would think, huh? Yeah. But but um, I know you know maybe they're going to use a retaliator as like um, an FPS platform. You know, uh-huh. maybe you're maybe you're going to be able to maybe they'll inc- because there's I I think this was in one of the reverse the verses. They said that there's going to be a connection between Arena Commander and the FPS module. So oh, I don't okay. know exactly what that means, but uh, perhaps it means that there's going to, um, in Arena Commander, you'll fly to a um, stranded retaliator and then have to have an FPS battle on it. I don't. Mm-hmm. But, well, uh, I'm pretty sure that one of the modes in multi-crew, the multi-crew update 2.0, is like capture the Idris or something. Oh yeah, yeah, I heard that before. Yeah. Yeah, so I I mean, an Idris is big enough that there could be, you know, a pretty big uh FPS battle going on inside of it. Mhm. Uh so yeah, I think uh, yeah, they're probably going to be pretty heavily tied together. It would be cool if they had if you had to like actually fly your ship in and drop troops off and stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, because you know, like in in other like FPS um, tournament FPS games, like I know, like in I think the original Unreal, um, one of the very first maps was a um, spaceship that was in, uh-huh. in in flight. You know, so you know you can kind of think of it that way: is that you know we're extending it into the future. Not you don't just automatically spawn there; you have to take a ship to get there. But essentially, the that stranded ship is is the map for the FPS encounter. Yeah. Cool. All right. Um, then uh, Onslaught Delete, which uh, is an interesting name, uh, asked for a definition of theft versus reclaiming in the Persistent Universe. And uh, basically what, what Chris said is that if you come across an abandoned ship and you, you, you aren't the one that caused the pilot to abandon it, then you can, re- you have a, you can claim it. You can claim it and take it. Um, and it's likely yours to keep. But, you know, you can't, you know, go and force somebody to abandon their ship and then say, oh, well, you left the ship, so uh, now it's mine. Uh, you're, you're a thief if you do that. <laughs> or you're, you're a pirate and you can be uh, punished accordingly. Um, and then Talon Karad, K-A-R-R-A-D-E, uh, asked, uh, essentially, can fancy people get their damaged or destroyed ships replaced more quickly? So they're Fancy people. Yeah. He said, so if I've got a lot of money, you know, and my, my ship gets um, blowed up, uh, can I pay somebody at the insurance office to get a new one delivered quicker, more quickly? And what Chris said is that, yeah, that's a good question. I hadn't really thought of it. Um, you know, he said that it's supposed to be a supply and demand mechanic, but, you know, that's... Uh, uh, realism would seem to uh, dictate that uh, there are always there are always ways to uh, work around things. So to beat the system, to beat the system. That's <laughs> right. Um, and then uh, around the verse episode twenty eight, uh, I did I did watch that. Um, and there was at the very end. They usually have an art uh, sneak peek thing at the very end, which is uh, a lot of times a lot of fun. Uh, I will put a link to um, this uh, video. Um, uh, in the uh, the show notes, but essentially it shows a um, a model, a male model doing like jazzer size stuff inside <laughs> a hangar. It's just it's really really weird looking. Uh, but uh, the reason why I include it, or why I think it's so cool, is that it just it shows incredible fidelity. Um, yeah. Uh, in the it's motion captured, right? 
I believe it is it, what it is is motion capture stuff, but it um, it just looks really really cool. It looks like that it's um, uh, there was another video that you and I were watching before we started recording that was posted on Heroes Tavern uh, that showed this really sort of weird uh, CGI generated mannequin sort of just wand- wandering around real world environments. Yeah, this sort of reminds me of that. I mean, it's just it's. Anyway, I think it's cool just because it, it shows the level of fidelity and, and uh, what is possible in the uh, in the engine that they're working with. So check that out. Um, and speaking of Reverse the Verse, there were a couple of episodes since last time we uh, recorded. There was episodes 30 and 31. And uh, just real quickly through uh, what I thought were the high points, uh, they said the Starfarer, which is on sale now, uh, it should be hangar ready within the next few months. Well, it's going to be hangar ready. So that would seem to indicate that you will be able to see it in your hangar. <laughs> oh, man. Questions, questions, questions. Um, there are going to be alliances uh, available within Orgs 2.0. So I think that that's very cool. Um, so we will be able, what that tells me is we're going to be able to team up with other organizations, you know, to do large group things, you know. Um, but then we can, you know, when we're just hanging out, just chilling on our uh, on our asteroid you know we we can just be uh, those guys with ships so yeah i think it's going to be be uh, uh useful for uh coordinating uh mass events in game uh private matches should be fixed within uh 1.0.1 and as i said earlier valix and i were able to uh, actually get the match going uh we had some other issues but the matches are working so that's good and i hope that that means we're going to be able to do more uh group or org oriented stuff soon uh, the Hull Sea and the Orion are the next con- ship concept ships up. Um, and the Bulldog, which I think is a long-range fighter, and the Misk Reliant are on deck after that. So uh, no word on my uh, my Drake, uh, Harold, or um, uh, the Jean uh, Cartual. Um, now I have to start fretting about that one, too. Um, the voice attack functionality um, is on CIG's wish list. Um, and then, like I said, um, uh, James Pugh said this morning that they are um, they're doing some stuff with uh, in-game comms uh, to try to uh, increase the immersion factor. So um, I think it would make sense in the future, in 2945, that you would be able to talk to your computer. You know? Yeah. So. Well, voice attack is another thing that I was looking at recently. And... Um, I uh, I ended up at YouTube looking at some setups that guys had uh, had put together, and it just seems like so much work, because you have to you have to program so many things, and like there's there's some guys that uh, they like program witty responses, kind of like Jarvis in Iron Man, right? Um, which you know it's cool, but it's not really that it's not really that cool if you're the one putting in the responses and it's like scripted yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) the thing about jarvis is like he's his own like ai like he actually thought of those things like i don't think tony stark is going in and programming all those responses himself no probably not he can he can afford to have somebody do that for him (laughs) yeah Uh, well, maybe maybe if they include this sort of functionality in the game, that will you know there will be some rudimentary AI, you know, humor AI, if there is such a thing, that will be able to uh, to be tied in with that. Yeah. Um, well, I'd- Siri does some stuff like that. Like you can ask Siri. I remember one of the the things that people would do when Siri was first released was 
ask where you could bury a dead body and it would suggest like a graveyard and a, like a um a or dump ta- yeah right that, that's what she told me to, to bury it in the town dump so. <laughs> yeah but and gave me uh, MapQuest uh, directions to get there, so <laughs> or Google Maps, I guess. Um, uh, so yeah, I you know I, I use voice attack or I have voice attack, and um, uh, I, I think that a way to go about doing it is just to pick like one or two things that you want to have it do, and then so- slowly build on it over time rather mm-hmm. than trying to set up everything at once because. Yeah. It is. Uh, it takes work, but you know when you watch one of those videos with somebody using it where it's working well, it, it seems like it's very cool. Yeah. So, and it's cheap too. It's like seven bucks. Mm-hmm. So it's um you know I think it's it's worth uh, worth the, the investment. Um and uh, there are going to be org hangers, which I think is very very cool. So there's going to be a those guys with ships hanger. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to start thinking about you know interior design stuff we want to do. You know the the posters we want to have on the wall. You know the uh, the stuff we want to have on the jukebox. You know what we want to put in the vending machines. You know I want I want a Funyuns vending machine. I want nothing but Funyuns. And I won't settle for anything other than Nicki Minaj. So you better get used to it. <laughs> Oh no! Oh, we'll discuss this later. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> um, and let's see. In uh, episode thirty-one, the FPS and hangar modules, as I said, are going to be linked. Uh, the FPS, um, oh sorry, the FPS and hangar modules are going to be linked, and there's also going to be a tie-in between FPS and Arena Commander. Uh, the Drake Herald design is is still controversial. Perhaps that's why it's not uh, currently on deck. Um, you know, I remember there was like the the a couple of design. There was a symmetric design and then an asymmetric design. The asymmetric one was one that came out first, and like people were like, "Oh, that's awful!" Or there were people like me that said, "That's so awful! I've got to have it." I like um, the asymmetric. Yeah, yeah. So I guess there's still some uh, some controversy controversy in. Uh, I like the design of that ship. I think it's awesome. Yeah, I, I hope that they don't go symmetric. I hope that they do. Um, uh, and it's hard to tell in the uh, in the snow globe or uh, what are we calling them? They're not snow globes. What are we calling them? Uh, we're calling them space globes. Uh, space it's hard to it's hard to tell in the space globe whether it's uh, symmetric or asymmetric. So mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I'm 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 winding up a hissy fit. Just <laughs> be warned, CIG. Um, uh, the Cutlass is totally being redone. And did you hear anything about uh, Cutlass Gate? Um, I've heard this referred to a couple of times uh, recently. And I, I guess what it had to do with was some people were kind of um, uh, ticked off about uh, the whole modularity uh, conversation and what you were or weren't going to be able to swap out in your cutlass. Um, so I guess there were folks like that wanted to have the red and be able to instantly swap it to a blue, or I don't know exactly what, but I guess it was quite a, it, it was enough of a thing that it's turned into a joke, you know, on the inside. Because I, oh, I, okay. I, I heard it mentioned on, um, uh, Travis Day mentioned it on uh, one of the 10 for the Producers shows. And mm-hmm. um, so anyway, I guess net-net uh, um, that they're they're redoing the whole ship um uh at foundry 42 because of this or at least in part because of this and uh they said that there's not going to or what I, I i saw or heard was that it's not going to be uh, the theme of the ship or the the purpose of the ship is not going to be redone but how the ship itself is put together is going to be different so that it will better support the whole modularity idea 
It's uh, interesting how much Foundry 42 does when their entire studio is supposed to be centered around just um, Squadron 42. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, got the, the boss's brother there, so... Um, yeah. You know, it's... Uh, so that maybe that has something to do with it. Yeah. Um, Arena Commander will continue to exist as an in-game training simulator even after the final game launches. So it was like, you know, it just sort of occurred to me, like I never really got that Arena Commander was, you know, in all the conversations about Arena Commander bucks and, you know, how money earned inside the Arena Commander is not usable out in the PU and all that. I never really got um, until recently, and this is just, you know, my tiny little pea brain, um, that, yeah, it is in-universe, Arena Commander is the training simulator for in-universe characters. So your character in-universe would go to Arena Commander to get their training. So, you know, it's it's a simulator within a simulator. So mm-hmm. Yeah. I know... Uh, and I've heard you say that before, so I know that you got it. So I'm just I'm, I'm just here confessing my uh, my stupidity. Um, but anyway, point being is that it's going to still exist um, as such after even after the final game launches, which I think is pretty cool. Um, and you're going to be able to trade your ships between your alt characters. So I guess all the ships that you own within one account, you're going to if you have more than one character, you'll be able to swap those back and forth, which. Uh, I guess makes sense because if you're going to have if you have two characters and they have two different hangers, you would want to be able to mo- easily move the the ships uh, between the two. Although uh, that if you had say if your characters had hangers at opposite ends of um, uh, the galaxy, um, you know should they be able to relocate ships between the two hangers just by going to the web interface and reconfiguring your hangers? I assume you'd have to either move the ship or your character. Yeah, that's what that's what I'm I'm thinking. Yeah, and I, and I hope moving a ship to another character is kind of a process. Like there's a timer on it or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I'd say. But I mean, so I guess now I don't even really understand what this means that you're going to be able to move them between characters. Um, I guess well, that when you log in, it's like a completely different instance i guess you could say um based on which character you log in yeah i mean you're going to have a different hanger right so you're going to um you're going to be you know in your i'm assuming you start out in your hanger uh you will um um yeah it's, i mean is there going to be you got to choose a different character from within the launcher or do you launch and then select your character after that like you do in in guild wars where you mm-hmm. you log in to the launcher and then you have a screen where you have all your characters and you select which one you want to play um yeah well so but anyway you're going to be able to trade your ships between those characters and uh so i'm I think we firmly established we don't know what that means, but that it's probably a good thing. Yeah, and we probably won't know for like a year. <laughs> no, no, probably not. If then, yeah. Um, then I've also in, I've already posted in Heroes Tavern a sneak peek photo from uh, Sandy Gardner. She puts really cool stuff up on her Facebook page, and it's sometimes it's it's uh, 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 photographs of um, actual photographs of assets from within the game, and sometimes it's just like it seems like she sneaks up behind somebody and takes a, a picture of their monitor with her cell phone. 
uh, but there's a, a couple uh, a couple cool ones that um, I've put up there. Uh, one shows uh, what Doctor Gleep is going to look like once he's uh, flying around in his Cutlass. Um, <clears throat> he's uh, he uh, he's saving a lot of money on shampoo, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> and he's got some weird thing going on with his uh, with his uh, his arms. But uh, other than that, I, I like the uniform. It's a pretty cool uniform. Um, all kinds of insurance accepted. His shirt uh, is just extremely rigid. It is a lot of starch. A lot of starch. <laughs> Um, and then uh, a little special something for you, John. Uh, she posted this, and there was no real meaningful description given, but uh, folks in the uh, forums are suggesting that this could possibly be some concept stuff, uh, some in-game concept stuff from the Orion. Well, at first, I... Okay, so I saw this when... Did Sandy tweet this? She did. Okay. I saw it when she tweeted it. And I looked at it and I was like, oh, that's something. Um, <laughs> but then you, point, <laughs> you pointed out that I should be excited for it. I'm like, is this the Orion? And so I looked at it and I feel like it might be because the top part might be like the thruster thing. And then mm. at the bottom – is the part that like drops off where you're spo- mm. where you go mining or whatever? So right. maybe it's like two parts, you know? They like yeah. break off. Yeah. Well, kind of like um in uh, did you ever see the uh, movie Dune, the original uh-huh. Dune? Yeah. You know where they had the where they would drop the mining pods and yeah. uh, then they would mine the spice and then they would come by and yeah. pick them up. So that could oh dude, how cool would that be? That would be awesome. Oh no. Yeah, that's and you remember there were some concept art we've talked about before that had like a it showed it like on tractor um, sort of thing. So I'm wondering maybe yeah, tank if this, treads. Yeah, if this bottom part is part of the tractor unit. Yeah. Um, oh, that's that's extremely cool. So yeah. I I hope that's what it is. Yeah. I, I hope that's what it is. Um, and so pretty much, um, you know, I. I you know, was you know the wormhole thing and everything has kind of gotten me thinking about jump points and how they're going to work. Um, uh, you know, I, we probably have nothing but more questions and answers at this point. But um, I think I'd mentioned before in Elite Dangerous that the you, pretty much you can jump from anywhere as long as you're not in a gravity well. You jump from wherever you want, um, and you you have to select the destination you want to jump to. But you don't have to go to a point and jump from there. Um, I think in EVE Online... Did you ever play EVE? I never did. I played it for like two minutes. Okay. Um, I believe in EVE you have to actually like go to a jump gate to go between systems. And so I'm just kind of... I You know, the wormhole stuff we've seen is really, really nice. But it, I still don't understand... Um, how it's going to how it's going to work? I mean, are there wormholes everywhere? I mean, are they are there wormholes just waiting for uh, folks to um, uh, to discover them, or is it going to be a situation where you may have to travel several space days to get to a point where there is a jump point, to get to a place where there is a jump point, so that you can travel to the next star system? You know, which I think would be you know, more realistic, you know, and, and kind of puts that, 
you know, reins in the whole uh, tendency for some games to go crazy on the fast travel. Yeah. You know? you know, say, like, for instance, if you were, if in order to get from the United States, uh, from the East Coast of the United States to Hawaii, instead of jumping on a plane in New York, you had to drive to San Francisco first and then get on a plane to fast travel to Hawaii, you know? Yeah. I mean, so I think that that would be more immersion creating and would probably, you know, um, make the route along the way uh, more interesting to visit. Uh, yeah. Just because people would have to do it. So, well, that's uh, that's something I enjoy in open world games is traveling. And a lot of people seem to complain about it. Um, but, like in GTA, for uh, the missions where you have to, like, actually travel a long distance. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even to get to to certain missions, um, I actually like having to drive there. You know, it's 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 kind of, it's immersion breaking when I have to fast travel. Yeah, and I mean, even in GTA, you can take the cab, but um, right, I enjoy getting in my car and driving to the location. Yeah, so uh, yeah. I. Yeah, I hope that they have at least some of that in Star Citizen so I'm not jumping around all the time. But, uh, yeah, they will have to, you know, spice it up a little bit. I don't want to just fly through blackness for hours. No, no. I mean, it has to be made interesting. But, you know, it's like in GTA there was that one mission you had to do where you had to go to the sawmill or the lumber mill, like, yeah. way up the coast. Yeah. And it's like, it, like, it took, like, 45 minutes to get there, you know? Uh-huh. And, um, but it's like, when you got there, it was like, you know, you actually had to accomplish, you know, you didn't get arrested on the way going there, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, yeah, I, I really hope, and I hope they enforce it upon everybody, you know, so that they don't have the get-in-the-cab option, because then, you know, you know, it's, 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 it's not that it, it, it uh, it, it would give people a different advantage should they choose to take it. I mean, everyone would have the same opportunity, but if, you know, you turn it into a lowest common denominator thing, then <clears throat> you're almost sort of forced to take the cab. And um, so, anyway, so I just, you know, I don't know, it's just, it sort of occurred to me while I was, um, you know, standing out in the middle of the desert, you know, it's like, hey, how, how is this going to work in the game? I mean, it's like, I hope it's not like, uh, like they're doing it in Elite Dangerous. Um, and... You know, after seeing uh, uh, 10 for the Chairman since, uh, since getting back, you know, they talk about, you know, he's talking about quantum travel. So is, is quantum travel, how is that going to work? Is that going to be, in Elite Dangerous, they have this thing called hyperdrive, which is not, it's not jumping. You're not actually jumping, but you're still traveling um, in hyperspace. Um, so I don't know if that's going to be the equivalent there, you know, just like I said, Questions and I hope that they do it in a way that keeps the immersion um, thick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What they need to do is just do some uh, folding of space. Well, that's what the jump drive or the jump points are supposed to be. Is he said it's uh, folding of time and space? Oh, so, okay. Um, so they're taking a page out of Dune. Right. Right. Um, that's so the, that's I, the one that makes the most sense, really. Yeah, I don't know if, if scientifically if that makes... We're Scott Manley when you need him. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't know if that... Scientifically, if that's the one that makes the most sense, but um, I, I think that that is a mechanic that you can apply evenly to everybody. And um, uh, But, you know, how many how many 
how many bus stops are there, you know, on a given street? Yeah. <laughs> you know, if, if you don't, if you can, if all you have to do is, you know, walk across the street no matter where you are and, and, and uh, jump on the jump point bus, then, um, then, you know, apart from the, uh, the piloting skill required, it's still not realistic. Yeah. Know? That was, that's, that's the thing that's really cool in Dune is, um, when they do fold space, um, it requires, you know, the spice, which is like, expensive and um these weird deformed things i forget what they're called um was that the mentat was that those guys no no um i just remember that like like whenever that one of those guys would arrive there was like a whole bunch of guys with squeegees having to squeegee up yeah yeah (laughs) it's like ew yeah but when they do when they fold space it's like a big event because you know it's kind of like a commercial flight like everybody has to get on it's not like you can fit this into a tiny ship it's it's like this giant thing and everybody kind of docks onto it and like folds space all at the same time Um, right so it was limited in that way you can't just get on one every day because it's you know it uh, they can't. It's too expensive to do it every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, Star Wars Galaxies was like that, where you, they had they had you know sort of a fast travel transport, but they were timed flights, and sometimes you would have to wait twenty minutes for the next flight, or you would have to wait five minutes. Um, but at least there was something where you couldn't just you know show up at the starport and immediately end up at your next destination. Yeah, which I, I think uh, uh, helps with the immersion. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, so John, what have you been playing since last time? <sighs> okay. <laughs> um, my list is pretty weird this week. It is a strange list, John. Yes. Um. Okay. So first on the list, the game I've probably been playing the most is called Disco Zoo. <laughs> okay. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh. It's a mobile game. It's on Android okay. and iPhone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if it's on anything else, but um, I don't know if you've ever played Tiny Tower. Uh, oh, is that a, like a tower defense game? No, it's not. Oh, okay. It's a game where you basically just build a tower. Um, no, anyway, no, anyway uh, this is made by the same people. It has like an 8-bit art style, which I like. Um, Mm -hmm. but it's a game where you basically go out and you do like this minesweeper type mini game to collect these animals to bring back to your zoo. Um, so it's a game where you just grow your zoo as much as you can. And, uh, it's kind of like, it's kind of like one of those, uh, what clash of clans. Have you ever played that one? I've seen it advertised, but I haven't picked it up now. Um, it's kind of like that because you have to come back and like wake up your animals every now and then. Uh, so it is kind of... It's one of those games where you play for a few minutes and then you have to wait for stuff to accumulate and then come back later. Mm-hmm. Uh, so some of those mechanics are kind of irritating. But <laughs> for some reason, I really like this game. <laughs> like It's just... It's the weirdest thing. Like, Disco Zoo... Like... What is that? But um, I've well, been like, having well, fun with it. 
It's like Flappy Bird. It's like, who would have guessed, you know? I yeah. Mean, it's, it, it's like, you know, and even like Minecraft, you know, when Minecraft, if you had described it, you know, at first, peop, you know, like, you know, no, nah, I don't think so. But, you know, there's just, there's, there's that un or indescribable something about some games that just make them addictive. Yeah. Um, speaking of Flappy Bird, this game actually has um, like an Easter egg um, mini game that's uh, oh. <laughs> a clone of Flappy Bird actually like uh, playing that. I, I kind of compete with uh, my sister for high scores on that. So, uh. cool. But yeah, Disco Zoo, you should, uh, if you're into this kind of thing, you know, check it out. It's free, so you can, you can try it. Um, I, it's not for everybody, but I've been having fun with it. Are there in-game retail opportunities, John? There are. <laughs> Excellent. You, yes. Unfortunately. <laughs> oh, well. um, I've abstained from spending money. I've I spent $3 on the Zoopedia, which uh, helps you uh, collect the animals. Um, but I haven't paid for any, like, in-game currency, so that's a good sign. Um, so, yeah, that's Disco Zoo. Uh, I've also been playing the demo for Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate, which is a 3DS game. Oh, okay. Um, It's a game where you hunt monsters. (laughs) 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 Who could have guessed? No. Um, This this series is actually, like, incredibly popular in Japan. Uh, Oh, okay. Oh, yeah! Yeah, I've heard about that before, yeah. Yeah, they have tons of iterations, and, like, a new one comes out, like, every six months or something. But, anyway, it's pretty fun. It's, like, four-player multiplayer. Um, Is it a fighting game? It's a a third-person action game where you go kill a monster. And that's, that's pretty much, like, there's... I, this is the first one I've ever played. Um, so oh, okay. in the demo, there's three different monsters. Um, uh, the monster design is really cool. And the interesting thing about this game is you can damage, like, a certain part of the monster, and it'll react to it. So, like, you can you can hurt its leg, and then it'll start limping, and it'll move slower. Oh, um, okay. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. There's, like, there's like. 15 different characters or something each with a different type of weapon and different play style um so it's kind of like um like dota i guess in that respect okay um so yeah actually it's it's probably is very similar to a moba in uh, many ways Um, oh okay cool so yeah on portable is a good thing huh yeah 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 so yeah um other thing I've been playing is Pokemon Fire Red. Ooh. Uh, so this was the Game Boy Advanced game. Um, oh, okay. I'm trying to get into Pokemon. <laughs> it's kind of... I feel like I'm kind of late, but uh, as my friend Nick Sleeper says, it's never too late to get into Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he loves that game. So... Yeah, I'm trying to get into it. I'm also watching the show on Netflix. Oh no. <laughs> I feel like such a child admitting this. <laughs> but uh but yeah, I've been having fun with Pokemon also. Do you enjoy a nice juice box while you're watching it? <laughs> yes. 
That's excellent. Uh, <laughs> excellent, excellent. Um, um, yeah, well, that's, that's I, about it for me. You know, I've noticed a lot of people playing Evolve uh, recently, Is um, and I was wondering if you had gotten back into that or if that was... Um, um, it doesn't look like it's out yet, but I mean, are there some people with early access or something? There was another beta. Oh, well, I guess the previous okay. thing was the alpha, but uh, the beta was last weekend. Okay. Um, I downloaded it and I just, I, I just didn't play it. I, you know, I played the alpha and I enjoyed it, but there was nothing that made me feel like I wanted to buy the game. Um, mm. Because it felt like after a few matches, there just wasn't enough there. Oh, okay. um, it's like all of the the concepts and um, the gameplay is fantastic, um, but there's not enough monsters, or not enough hunters, not enough weapons. Um, like every, each hunter only has one weapon they can use, so you have to use a different hunter to actually use different weapons. Oh, okay. Um, which, you know, I have to. There's just there's not enough depth, and okay. uh, so I'm gonna wait for reviews. So if if the reviews are like, yeah, there's definitely enough here that you're gonna keep wanting to come back, then maybe I'll think about picking it up because when they announced it. And, like, the concept just, like, it really hooked me. Like, four versus one, um, that sounds awesome. Um, but, yeah, I'm just going to have to see uh, what the reviews are like after it comes out. It seems like, conceptually, it's it's got some interesting uh, stuff to it that sort of differentiates it from other games. So Yeah, it's pretty unique. Yeah. Uh, hope, hope, and it's CryEngine 3, right? Uh, is it? I don't know if it's CryEngine or Unreal. Oh, okay. I thought it was CryEngine. Um, but I know uh, with you, uh, you're rocking the 960, right? The the 980. 980. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I mean, it's like if you, with a card like that, you know, you kind of have a responsibility to play anything that comes out <laughs> on CryEngine. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. 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 Actually, the 960 was just announced. Oh, okay. Okay. It's, oh, so that's after the 980, huh? That's weird. Yeah, well, I think they... Yeah, their release schedule's kind of weird, but, uh, yeah, 960's, I guess, the newest card, but it's the Maxwell architecture, which is the same as the 980 and the 970. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's like, you know, um, I got the NVIDIA Shield, um, and it has the the Tegra K1 uh, Uh chip in it, and uh, I was reading something about it, and the chip has 190 cores in it. CUDA cores. I don't. I don't know. It's, it just said 190 cores, which I just like. To me, it's like my my head just went. Yeah, I don't really know what that means, but I think my card has hundreds of CUDA cores. So, I the number isn't really that ex, that um, impressive. I get. Right, I mean, well, it's a big number. It's like, wow, that is a lot of cores, but <laughs> I don't okay. think it means too much. All right. Well, way to make my yum your yuck. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that K1 is impressive, though. Yeah, like, they, I, they do some amazing rendering stuff with it. Yeah, I'm, I mean, on Android, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, so, uh, speaking of the shield, while I was uh, on vacation, I did take my shield with me, and I uh, almost finished with Portal. I got, I'm got i stuck in a, one of the, the, the ladder jumping puzzles, uh, and it's like, I find with those things, I've just got, I got to put it down and come back a week later, and then I'll get it on the first time through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I'm also, uh, I'm not sure exactly how far through, but I'm, I'm uh, a good way through Half-Life 2, and it's, it's a... I, it's just unbelievable to me how good that game is, you know, yeah. and how, how how old it is, and it's just it's just amazing. I've never so, finished it. Oh, I need just, to finish it. It is such a good game. I I I'm so worried that Half Life Three is going to come out and I won't have finished Half Life Two. <laughs> Half Life Three is the, the the cake is a lie, John. Half Life <laughs> Three is never coming out. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, um, and then I, like, I think I mentioned I've been playing Arena Commander. The new patch came out, and uh, there's some stuff. Um, be prepared. When, when you do upgrade to that Delta, John, um, there are a couple of things that have gone kind of winky with it. The rocket pods don't appear to be working properly. Um, but somebody in the forum said that they, um, that they something got screwed up with the way that uh, uh, fire groups are mapped. And so I think that there's a workaround for it. So anyway, I'm, I'm investigating that. But still, it, it, it flies fine, and it's, um, it's still... Um, Right now, the way that it's set up is uh, the rockets don't work, but both sets of lasers fire simultaneously. Um, so you, it's a, it's a pretty nasty power drain, but it, it it's still it's pretty effective. So I've been doing pretty good in uh, in Arena Commander with that in the uh, Vandal Swarm in the drone sim. So it's uh, it's big fun and. Um, uh, one thing I'll mention, a good thing I'll mention about Elite Dangerous, I don't, I don't want people to think that I'm, I'm uh, harshing on this game because I, I really, I do like it, and I'm looking forward to it being around for a long time. Uh, while listening to the Lave Radio podcast, I, um, I found a tip for a very cool tool for configuring your ship, and it's at a place called uh, edshipyard.com, and it's uh, something that a, a guy has put together. Uh, that allows you to see how uh, uh, configuring different options with your ship affects the um, the cost of the ship for one thing, and then also you know how much insurance costs, and then also the thing that interests me the most is um, your uh, your light travel or your light distance uh, travel capability. So. Uh, getting from system to system is really dependent upon how far you can jump at at, at any one time. So. Um, anyway, I, I will post that in the in the in the notes. Uh, please do um, check that out, and if it's a useful tool for for you, uh, you know, send the guy a couple bucks. And so, yeah, in in that game, uh, when I do play, and it's not very often now, um, I am just trying to explore um, the <clears throat> the uh, the stars. Um, I'm currently headed towards Earth. I want to see what Earth looks like. Um, so uh, I've seen a couple posts, and people say that when you first when you when you uh, jump up on it, it's uh, it's pretty spectacular, you know. So I'm gonna looking forward to flying by Mercury and Mars and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> but that's pretty much all I've been playing. I did um, wait in a Steam sale a long time ago. I did pick up uh, for like four bucks uh, the Microsoft Flight Simulator X, which I think is the Steam edition of that game. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I know that it's a, a very um, uh, well thought of uh, flight simulator it's, it's seminal it's been around forever and uh, because at the air museum in Palm Springs they had a I mentioned they had flight simulators they have like a library upstairs with a whole bank of flight simulators set up and they have like a 
uh, a docent there, uh, like this really old guy that was showing people how to how to play the flight simulators, <laughs> and um, uh, but anyway, that was one where's of the, the prop on this one. <laughs> Exactly. Well, I was like, you know, I, I, yeah, but I remember like, like this dude probably like, you know, is an ace from World War Two. So it's yeah. like, you know, I had, I had to give him, give him, show him some respect. Yeah. Um, but um, uh, anyway, that was uh, one of the simulators they had was that that uh, uh, Microsoft uh, Flight Simulator X. So I'm, uh, I'm, I played, I fired it up and, and have gone through a couple of the tutorials and kind of, kind of getting excited for that too. So. Like I like my flying around, John. <laughs> I like my flying around. So, but anyway, that's that's what I've been up to, and uh, looking forward to uh, being back and around for a while, and uh, uh, getting things uh, together for the group, and uh, trying to promote some more um, uh, group uh, group activities. So, I'll tell you what. Um, maybe if we get things uh, squared away, what we can do is if we're going to uh, be able to get together in Arena Commander, we can just send out a tweet. So if, you, if you're hearing this and want to come play with us and you're not subscribed to our, our Twitter, uh, why don't you go ahead and um, uh, uh, follow us on Twitter. And whenever we're going to be out there playing, um, we'll, uh, we'll send out a tweet, hey, come play. Yeah. All right, cool. So um, I am Gleep, and um, I um, this has been episode fifteen. And you can uh, reach me, um, um, those guys with ships uh, organization. I'm on the forums, uh, Heroes Tavern. Come see us there, please. Sign up there. Um, that's where our Mumble server is, and I'm also on Steam. And there's notes in the um, there's notes in the podcast notes linking to the notes on the website, which tell you how to access all that stuff and how to spell it. So that's me. You can find me at the only Jonto on Twitter, Steam, and on RSI, and pretty much everywhere else. Um, that's pretty much all I have to say about myself. You can find the show at theversecast at gmail.com and at versecast on Twitter, where you can contact us with questions, concerns, comments about the show, anything about Star Citizen or anything else, and we will respond to it. We will read it on the show. This is your chance to be famous. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Um, You can find our organization, Those Guys With Ships, at robertspaceindustries.com slash orgs slash versecast. We would really appreciate it if you could review us on iTunes. So please please go to iTunes and search for Versecast and leave us a review. Actually, somebody left a review, and we forgot to read it. Interestingly oh. enough, they the review is positive, but that- they only gave us two stars. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh. here it is. This is from Archness. A thoroughly good listen. I enjoy your guys' podcast quite a bit. It's nice to hear some different opinions on Star Citizen. Thank you, Archness, for the review. Um, I don't know why you only gave us two stars. <laughs> I, I, well, you know, it's nice to have room for improvement, John. Yes, true. Yeah. <laughs> so we're getting uh, we're getting like a a D minus right now. Hey, D <laughs> D's is degrees, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, other than that, you can uh, 
you can join us at HeroesTavern.com where we have our own uh, Star Citizen forums, um, uh, Minecraft server, um, and a bunch of other stuff. So that's HeroesTavern.com. Yeah, come check us out. We're um, we're a um, a really cool gaming community, and uh, we just we're we're just uh, looking to have some fun. So um, if that's interest to you, come join us. Yep. All right. Well, if unless there's anything else, uh, one more shout out to Ronald Jenkins for um, allowing us to use his music. Uh, go check him out at RonaldJenkins.com. And until next time, then, uh, we will see you in the verse. See you later. <laughs>